When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did it. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Furious Finest, a podcast devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Chris Bruffett. Chris, what is going on in the world right now? We just finished this crazy and amazing wild weekend. How are you feeling? 2020 is not all bad, eh? No, it's not. The X-Men announcement has just been fantastic. I'm so excited. It's the dream. Beyond the moon, thinking about all the possibilities. But it wasn't just that. We got so many more goodies on top of that. Atomic Mass just knocks Gen Cons out of the park, dude. (laughs) I know. It's insane. Such a great job. So let's put this in perspective. So Gen Con was canceled for the first time in its entire existence. But it wasn't really canceled. It was reframed into an online format. So Atomic Mass takes that as a challenge and they say, okay, we're going to do more than we would do at a real Gen Con. We're going to do more at Gen Con online in the way of reveals, openness with our audience and our consumers, discussions about game design. We're going to do classes on painting. We're going to do all this stuff and we're going to reveal so many characters that no one's going to see coming. And that's just the beginning of it, Chris. And that's what today's episode is about. Of course, you nailed it. Today on Furious Finance, we're going to be discussing Gen Con Online Weekend and why Atomic Mass Games won Gen Con. And it's much more than the mutants, even though you and I have been touting, hoping, praying, waiting with bated breath for the mutants since day one of this podcast, since October of last year when we first recorded, to now, we've been waiting for mutants, but we knew they were coming. Never in doubt. We always said take a drink. We meant that because it always came up organically. Once again, mutants were never in the notes of this show, ever until this moment, but they're here now, which is very exciting, and we're going to talk about them in a moment. That was like the first 10 minutes of this Tonic Mass Gen Con. Oh my gosh. And then it just kept going and going, (laughs) knocking sculpts out of the park and cool character announcements, team announcements. Oh, yeah. I ate these streams up. I just love it. An event announcement. Absolutely. A lot of fun stuff. So I think we just got to get into it today because... We're not going to cover a character today. We're not going to cover lore, but today's going to be robust and be really exciting. And we hope it's going to keep the excitement alive for Gen Con weekend, because if you're as excited as us, 
hopefully this episode will just keep you going because there's a lot in the future of this wonderful game, Chris. There's never been a better time to be playing Marvel Crisis Protocol than right now. And we want to get that hype rolling. Let's get that momentum going. Let's get more people playing this awesome game. Chris has nailed our thesis of our show and our want for this community. We set out making this show to make the best version of the show we could make early on. And we've improved hopefully every episode. And our goal has always been to not only get current players who are playing the game week by week, more into the game. As we said, enjoy the lore and fantasy of playing these characters. When you know their history, when you hear our deep dives, when you hear Chris and I's super Marvel nerd excitement about it, that aside, we want someone who first finds our podcast to jump in anywhere, to jump in, listen to episodes. This is a resource and a tool of excitement and hype to get more into this game because Chris, we've never wanted to be a super meta tertiary weekly news show. And we kind of stayed away from that. This is a little bit different this week. We are turbo nerds, but we did not want to have a turbo nerd show. Right. There's plenty of podcasts that do that much better than us for all sorts of games, MCP, of course, included. We want it to be a resource where you can go back through our show at any point in the future and listen to these episodes about characters that you might not know much about. Learn about them not only in the Marvel Universe in comics and lore, but also learn about them in the MCU and then learn about them in this game. We also want our show to be a resource. People can go back and listen to stuff just to freshen up because it turns out, Chris, there's so many characters in this game right now and there can be so many more that like, I might even have to use our show to refresh on past characters. There's just I was so just much. thinking about that. There's so many quick fast forward to that little bit of strategy session that we can get going. That's a great 20 minute refresher on character that you haven't played against in forever. So I want to thank all of you that are new here, and I want to thank all of the listeners who have stayed with us since the beginning. We cannot thank you enough. I know a lot of you are new and have reached out to me personally and just said that you really enjoyed the show and it's been getting you into the game and actually pushed you over the edge to pick up the game. So we cannot thank you enough for that because that's, of course, our goal. It's very humbling to Chris and I. But all that aside, Chris, Atomic Mass did all the work this weekend. We didn't have to do anything. We're just literally going to recant what they did, give our impressions, give our gut feelings, our excitement. And just talk about the future of this game because we have another great year ahead of us till next Gen Con. And we kind of have a snapshot of what the next year is going to look like. And let me just say, this is one of the easiest episodes we've had to prepare for in many ways. One of the most exciting. One of the easiest to prepare for. Probably one of the hardest where we're going to have to hold back. Yes. There's a lot we could say on the lore side of things. There's a lot we could say on the gameplay side of things. We're going to try to hold it back. But we also know you guys probably are on aboard the hype train just like we are right now so let's just let it rip chris fury's finest is sponsored by discount games inc go to www.discountgamesinc.com for all your marvel crisis protocol and miniature gaming needs our patrons support fury's finest at patreon.com slash fury's finest if you enjoy the show consider supporting us with a monthly contribution we'd like to thank all of our patrons for their support so once again the patrons make this show run. The show is always going to be free, but of course we have overheads and we have hosting fees and we have equipment and we have all sorts of various things that keep the show running. The patrons help us pay those fees. So if you can contribute just a coffee a month to us or so, not only do you support the show and our fees and just keep the show running and make it free for everyone else, but you get to join our absolutely excellent patron discord group what a wonderful place chris our patron discord i cannot sing praises of it enough i love the people so much in there 
it has been such a treat to be in there discussing the new reveals, talking a little bit of lore with some of the guys, talking about potential threat costs, potential powers, styles of characters. It's been a blast. Right. And if you're interested in getting involved more in the community of the game, maybe our Discord is a place to get connected that's a little bit more niche because we know the Facebook group and some of the other groups are really large and it's kind of hard to get lost in the mix. Our Discord, I cannot encourage you enough. The people that are part of our patron Discord are some of the best people to learn from the game and also share hype. On top of that, Chris, you get access to the Discord, you support the show. And with all that being said, we have to announce our patron this week. A huge thank you to Lee W. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining the Fury's Finest team. Thank you so much, Lee. We really appreciate it. And as always, every week, producer-level patron, Martin C., once again, thank you so much for producing the show. That's right, Chris. And I'm really excited to announce we're doing another patron giveaway. It's been quite some time. Namely due to COVID, just all sorts of various things, finances, shipping, all this stuff. I'm happy to say we're back in our patron giveaways and we'll be back again the following month as well. So this is for the month of August. The giveaway for this month, Chris, is we are giving away a Gamora and Nebula box. And I cannot tell you how much I'm excited to give this away because these are two of my favorite characters currently in the game. There's a very high ceiling for both these characters, but when they work, they decimate people and two of my favorite sculpts. I am a huge fan of Nebula on the tabletop. Gamora, I have not found as much success with yet. That is my fault, not hers. That's a great (laughs) box to have. They are great characters. So, of course, just like patron giveaways of the past, depending on the patron tier you're in, you'll have more votes in the giveaway. And basically, we're just going to pull from a hat and whatever patron's name comes up will win the Gamora Nebula. So if you're already a patron, you're already in the giveaway. So the only thing you have to do to get in this giveaway is become a patron before September 1st and you're involved in the August giveaway. So if you're a patron before September 1st, September 2nd, Chris and I will pull a name out of the hat and then we will announce it in the following episode of the show. Of course, we will also announce the next giveaway. It's just our way of giving back to you guys. We put some of the Patreon money straight into some models and we just send them straight back out to the patrons. It's just a way of showing our support to you guys for showing support to the show monthly. And we cannot thank you enough. We appreciate it, guys, very much. All right, Chris. So today we're not in lore. We are in news. Weird. And what a giant news episode we have today. It's huge. And it took this. This is what it took for us to break format, huh? Yeah. Well, you and I have talked news a lot in the front of the show, right? In our sort yeah. of catch up. There's just so much this time that we could not squeeze anything no else way. into this episode. Guys, I am on fire for this game right now, and I'm ready to talk some X-Men. I'm so happy you're on fire for this game, and I am as well, Chris. And that aside, I will tease, we have some lore slash maybe movie-related stuff in the future that ties directly to today's talk. Right now, we just had to cover all of this because, Chris, a lot of podcasts and content creators immediately made content right after the initial announcements. And you and I just basically made a decision, we're going to wait till the entire weekend's over. We're going to think about it for a bit, then we're going to meet, then we're going to record, and then we're going to post the episode. So we wanted to see everything. So what we're going to do today with you guys, if you can follow along at home, is we're just going to go through all the reveals of the weekend, give our thoughts on it, our excitement, and we're going to try to follow the chronological order as much as possible. Starting with that, the first stream of the night, Chris, which was much shorter than I ever anticipated, was the stream with Wilshick, the lead designer of the game, and of course... 
He talked about how great the last year was for MCP, how amazing the response for the game was, how amazing it was to announce the last Gen Con come all the way annual to a new year. Of course, around Halloween and early November, we're going to have the one year anniversary of the game. He talked about that as well. But basically, he just said, time to stop the clocks. The clocks are done. You've been asking X-Men when, and now it's X-Men now. And then, of course, they played that incredible promo video. That video really kind of reminded me of something you'd see at E3, but it was a tabletop minis game. It was really cool. For a small, brand new company. It managed to capture the hype, but it also managed to really show off the sculpts. And I think the fact that this video had this feeling is a testament to how good the sculpts are, because it really felt like this was a moment in time in the middle of a battle with these sculpts on the table and with the fantastic terrain they had set up for it. Looking like Xavier's Mansion, it looked like they were fighting at. And it's already been confirmed that's not a terrain set coming in the future. That was a custom sculpted set for that promo video. So, But maybe we will get Xavier terrain in the future. I hope so. But that aside, Chris, we got to talk about who was revealed, Will's excitement and that changing of the shirt to the classic 90s X-Men shirt that he changed into. So Mm -hmm. good. From his Atomic Mass shirt. Let's just get into it. So, of course, we have Wolverine and Sabretooth, Cyclops and Storm, Magneto and Toad, and Beast and Mystique. And the order I just gave, Chris, are the boxes they come in. We break format a little bit. We typically get a good guy and a bad guy. Cyclops and Storm are in the same box, but then we get Magneto and Toad in the same box, and then Beast and Mystique. So we have a little bit of good guy, bad guy, good guy, good guy, bad guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy, under the context of this game. We get into our lore, good guy, bad guy. gets a little blurred with some of these characters, of course. It's going to get real bad with mutants. It's going to get real bad with mutants. So we know who's coming out, Chris, and Will confirmed that all these sets are basically coming out around the same time, probably all simultaneously. That was a decision they pushed for since the beginning. They said they basically wanted the X-Men to come out around the one-year mark of the game, which was November-December range. To have all these characters in hand in a couple months, really, at this point, November, is insane. And what a place to put it, the one-year anniversary mark of the game. It's so exciting, and it's going to be so fun, and it's going to hurt my pocketbook a little bit. It's going to hurt. And it's going to set me back on my hobbying even more than COVID and moving across the country have already. Even with these challenges, I'm so excited to get mostly Sabretooth on the table. Okay, so Sabretooth. So the first box we saw was Wolverine and Sabretooth. What do you just think about those two guys in a box? And you just mentioned getting Sabretooth on the table. He's in his classic, classic suit. A bold statement. Oh, I love it. I know you love it. Some people don't love it so much. I love it too. Wolverine and Sabretooth, both in their early 90s costumes. What an appropriate set to put together, Chris, these two guys. Well, they hate each other. (laughs) Their histories are intimately tied to one another. Mm -hmm. They've been in and around and hated each other for decades. We are doing lore today, yeah. It's great. It's wonderful. They've been on multiple teams together, and they've also been trying to kill each other. But on top of all that, they have similar power sets. So it's going to be really really interesting to see how Atomic Mass differentiates these two characters. And if they're really good, are we going to start running them on the same squad? That would be appropriate. I think that really would be appropriate. They're probably like high damage brawlers with regenerative powers, potentially, and pounce and these type of things we've seen in the game already. 
who knows? We'll see. You just can't not be excited about some of these characters coming up, Chris. And that leads me into the next two characters, which I am shockingly super excited about because I've always made fun of Scott. I always say, why is Scott crying? Like, that's what I always say. He's always crying. I don't like him. He's always crying. He's always frustrated. But the next set is Scott, which is Cyclops, and Storm. Here's what's great about Scott being in this game. I know how MCP plays. And when I think about the way Cyclops is, he is going to be so fun in the game. He's going to have beam attacks. He might Mm -hmm. have an AoE where he shoots left and right. They might add a new type of mechanic where it's a beam that moves. Scott might be lame sometimes, but Chris, this is something that keeps happening in this game time and time and time again. Listeners of the show know I'm a hardcore Spider-Man fan. I'm a hardcore X-Men fan. And I'm a hardcore fan of some of the other elements of the MCU, like the cosmic stuff, but everything else, I'm a normal Marvel fan. And this is the sort of thing where it's like, MCP is so fun, the balance is so good, and the mechanics are so good, and the character design is so good with incredible sculpts. I want to play people like Cyclops, who I've cared so little about in the past. I want to play Cyclops so bad. To even add more to this, Chris, it turns out Cyclops and Storm both this is the curveball, are both leaders of the good side of the X-Men. So much so, it's not like there's two Captain Americas for Avengers. No, it's blue team and gold team of X-Men, presumably different affiliation abilities if Scott's your leader or Storm's your leader. Which is super exciting. It gives you the option to have fringe characters in different affiliations and things just for a little flavor. It also opens up the possibility of just a ton of, of mutant-themed teams. A lot of double-dipping, right? You and I have talked about the viability of double-dipping in MCP, Black Panther, Thor, to name a few. Really viable characters in the game that we see all over the place because they double-dip, they're great characters. Here's what's interesting, Chris. This is my first thought. You could have a Cyclops team with Storm on it, but it's Cyclops' leadership ability. Or vice versa, you could have a Storm team with Cyclops on it as like a ranged character, but he's not the leader. Where do we go from here? Because, of course, in my mind, you and I have some episodes in the future covering this, so we'll get to it. We'll have some restraint. But in my mind, Storm costs more than Cyclops, or they're equal. There's no world where Storm costs less than Cyclops. There is absolutely no world. I could see them both being fourth characters. Cyclops might be a three. He might be a Star-Lord. He might be a cheap leader. I could see him being a three. I could see Storm being a five if they really wanted to go that way. Which would probably bump Cyclops up to a four, because I highly doubt Wolverine or Beast are going to be any more than three. Uh, Wolverine might be four. I really think he might be four. I think he should be a three, but I think he should be nearly impossible to kill, because that's the character. He's not super powerful. It's his grit and his will that make him Wolverine. Interesting. Okay. Just my take on the character. We'll definitely tackle this in the future. So let's talk about Storm real quick. Her sculpt is insane. No part of her body is touching the ground. She has one lightning bolt keeping her flying in the air. There's other lightning bolts. There's storm clouds and rubble. I cannot wait, Chris. I hope she's Wakandan potentially as well. Wouldn't that be fun? It's endless. It's so endless. Please give her and Black Panther a tactics card that they can play together. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Great thoughts. Husband and wife, you know. Let's move on. Because we got some big characters to talk about. Mm-hmm. The next set, of course, is Magneto and Toad. Let's talk about Toad first, because Magneto's going to be a, quite a bit to talk about. So, Chris, you and I have some 
fringe thought. For some reason, I'm going to say bold thoughts, but I don't think it's bold at all. But apparently, no. Toad was the least received of this entire group, which I get on a surface level. When you pull back and look at MCP as a whole, what I said earlier, they've made me excited about characters that I was never excited about. I've always liked Toad. Toad in this game is potentially cooler than Toad in comics. I think Toad has the potential out of that box to see more play than Magneto. Whoa. I really do. I think he's going to be a two-cost, yes, very mobile character. He's going to have some kind of grab mechanic for objectives with his tongue, or it will be a grab mechanic that will help him move faster, one of the two. And I think he's going to be an awesome either objective runner, objective player, or he's going to be an awesome objective disruptor. Absolutely. And Magneto seems more like a guy that you're going to build an entire team around. Yes. Where Toad feels like a character that's going to be able to fit into your batch of 10 characters that you're going to take to a game. And that's my theory on Toad. Thank you very much for coming to my TED Talk. And I think you're completely right, Chris, because I know people are a little underwhelmed. We have these huge characters, and Toad's the lesser of all of them. But Toad's had his place not only in the X-Men comics, but the original X-Men movies. He was one of the original players. It makes sense he's here. I understand people's disappointment because they're like, what about this character? What about this character? Those characters are coming. The way you need to look at it, as Chris said, Toad is certainly a two-cost character. He's going to fit so many cool places, and he's going to help you get that brotherhood affiliation. Absolutely. That's value alone. And Chris, his model's neat. I love the way they did him. They went full 90s comics, Toad. And Toad has been a staple of the X-Men animated universe. Yes. Since the X-Men animated universe began. And I think that that's really why they ended up putting him in this pack. This is clearly themed around the 1992 X-Men cartoon. Yes. The costumes are from that. The lineups are from that. And Toad was an obvious include when taking that inspiration. And I think he's going to be just fine for all the reasons you just listed. He's just going to fit so many places. I think he has a chance of being the two costs include. Certainly. And Chris, I think he's already made the cut for my Web Warriors team. I'm taking him with my spider. Oh, excellent thought. More mobility and, oh my gosh. Disruption and pulling and all that good stuff. So let's move on to the big man himself. Arguably one of the most exciting characters, not only revealed thematically, but potentially mechanically for MCP. And look at this sculpt, Chris. It's Magneto. He has debris flying around his body on his sculpt. He's flying in the air. He also has two extra bases with debris on them. What is this about? It's insanity. I cannot handle it. One of his powers is going to have to be throwing that debris. I think it's going to be something along the lines of after he moves, he can move them within range one or two of himself. I wonder if they'll act as cover. I think so. I think they're going to act as cover. And then I think mid-game, late-game, he starts throwing them, but he loses some cover. But I also think maybe if he has both pieces of debris, he has a higher physical defense. Mm -hmm. You know, visually, it's represented. Maybe he's a three or four normally, but if he has both pieces of terrain up, he gets one dice for each. So he could be a five or six. The possibilities are endless because that's part of Magneto, too, Chris. It's kind of like you said about Wolverine. Part of makes Magneto so strong is his intellect, his brain paired with you can't really hurt him with the way he manipulates metal around himself in a shield. And then, of course, he can fight with it. Most importantly, which we see in the comics, cartoon, and of course, the movies represented really well in all three, his defensive capabilities through metal, right? He's very defensive the way he puts things around himself to create barricades, to create cover. I am so intrigued. And Chris, 
I think people are complaining that Toads and Magneto set, but think about this. We're getting Magneto, who's a larger base guy, or at least one of the videos showed larger base. One looked like it was smaller base, uncertain, but it's Magneto, full cape. He has debris all around him. Then he has two more bases with debris on them. And then you have Toad. You get all that in one box. That's a lot of mini stuff. I feel like they could have easily made Magneto his own box. They could have, but you got a Toad as a bonus. This is Chris and I going to bat for Toad. Oh yeah, and I'll do it again. I will too. You might want a second Toad for your friends. I'm going to run a team of Toad and Crossbones only. (laughs) Just win tournaments. Five points. Five points. (laughs) So the most interesting thing to me about Magneto is he is our first Omega level mutant. Explain that to the listeners. Omega level mutants are people like Magneto, Professor X, Phoenix. We're talking people that possess the power to destroy the world if they so choose. Omega-level mutants are the highest-powered mutants in the world. There's not very many of them. Magneto is the first one we're going to see in the game. This is going to set a precedent for Professor X coming to the game. This is going to set a precedent for Dark Phoenix coming to the game. So that's what I'm really, really excited to see. His threat level, how much text his powers have. I mean, honestly... There's be a lot. Just to see how much an Omega-level mutant is going to change the game, is he going to be on level with Thanos? Mm. Theoretically, he could be. I doubt it. I think he's going to be a five-threat character. I think so, too. But that says a lot in the way of affiliation building. So the highest threat leaders we have in the game right now are Thor and Thanos, of course, at five and six, respectively. And that's before Thanos even has stones, which is absurd. Most of our leaders are, are four, Chris, and some are three. So... Magneto does have to be really strong because he's going to have lower activation teams or he's going to have a lot of the cheaper Brotherhood people like Mystique, like Toad, that are going to help fill out his list, right? He's the heavy hitter. Then he's got these little people running around, right? That is exactly how I want to play Magneto. I want Mystique to be a two threat character. I think she's going to be three, but I would love her to be two. Thematically, that's how you should be playing Magneto. I also think it's going to be... 100% the way to play Magneto in this game, but we'll see. My last thought on Magneto, Chris, is I'm still so intrigued and hung up on these these debris, these extra bases that float around with him. You know, man, I think, like you said, he can throw them, of course. He can use them as cover, I hope. He can maybe even add defense dice to his pool if he has them up. All that said, I think he might have ways to replenish them if he spends power. 100%. Whether it's like... A terrain piece within range three, you pull a piece of rubble out of it for two power cost. We will see, but I think that's going to happen. So if anything, that makes terrain even more interesting in this game because any sort of terrain Magneto could affect or he could pull his little rubble pieces from. Who knows? I cannot wait. We're going to talk about it much more after this in the future. I'm not going to spend too much time, but those are my initial thoughts that he's going to just be this hard-hitting mage with high defense and that these rubble pieces are going to be built into his kit, kind of like Hella's Souls, where it's like, if you manage them correctly, you're a force. If you're throwing them at the right times, if you're keeping them up at the right times, if you're replenishing them at the right times, he's going to be a force. And time will tell, and who knows what that Brotherhood affiliation ability will be. Who knows? That could be really exciting. Those are all interesting thoughts, and we're all very excited to read more about Magneto and especially Toad. But let's talk about the next box now, Jesse. Let's talk about Beast 
and Mystique, the blue box coming at you. <laughs> blue box. So you already mentioned Mystique. Let's just touch on her real quick. Yeah, I think she's going to be a three-threat character, potentially two, Chris. I think she's going to have stealth. She's going to be an objective monster. I'm calling it now. She's going to be untargetable. Until she picks up the first objective or something. or Something. But she is going to be an objective monster. Ooh. Yeah, she might replace Black Widow in some lists. I was going to say, I kind of want to run her and Black Widow on the same yeah, team. Yeah, just go all I want to run a, an all OBJ team. Don't worry about taking any of their activations out. Yeah, I can't wait. There's not a lot to say about her. The sculpt is great. She's in her classic costume. You know, she's got the pistol. What more can be said? Time will tell the route they go with her because you're right. They can go unique ways. She probably will have stealth like Black Widow and Miles. She probably have a new mechanic entirely we've never seen. Like I said, called incognito or something. We will see. She'll probably have a decent physical attack, a decent pistol attack. But other than that, she's more about her superpowers, which are all about objectives, all about staying hidden from the enemy team. But let's move on to my main man here, Chris. And we talked about this in a past episode. I still laugh about it to this day. I, I told you this on the show and this was your response. I don't know if you remember this. Anyway, I've been watching X-Men since I was literally the age of when it came out. I've been watching and reading it and watching the movies and all this stuff. Every year I get older, I love Beast more. I associate with him more as well. Kelsey Grammer playing him oh, on yeah. screen is just so the good. chef's kiss of the whole thing, isn't it? It is. And you said, well, Jesse, that's good. That's a sign of maturity and growth with your age. <laughs> you know, that's Beast. When you're a kid, he's neat. You know, he's got some strength. He's got some intellect. And he's so flippy. Don't forget about the flippy stuff. The weird flippy stuff. But it just doesn't set him with you fully. And then you get older and you're like, oh my gosh, his intellect is unparalleled in some ways. He is an ambassador for the mutants. He's all these things. He's an Avenger, man. Yeah, he's an Avenger. I don't know how this can be represented in the game. I would love if he was an Avenger and part of the X-Men teams. Same with Wolverine there. I really hope he has wall crawler. I hope he's a medium or long move, ideally. I hope his intellect plays in the game in some way. Like He has some sort of Zemo ability where he gives his team re-rolls if they're within range from calculations. He's going to have something with his acrobatics that are going to make him pretty hard to hit. I think he actually might be the objective-focused one on the X-Men team. Yeah, he might be the Black Panther of the X-Men team, potentially. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about his sculpts real quick, because this is out of control, Chris. This is, I think, what people thought when they first were let down by the Atomic Mass core set, where Spider-Man was sitting on the ground. Because Beast is up on top of this big beam, and he's hanging we off. We don't play that game anymore, do we? No punches here. So we have Beast, of course, hanging from the beam. And options, Jesse. Let's talk about the options with Beast. Yes, his fist out with his snarl, or he has the fist out now holding a book with the reading glasses on. Of course, those John Lennon reading glasses, always my favorite for Beast. Incredible. That's the only option for so me. So cool. I've been touting it online as the Reading Rainbow Beast. The Reading Rainbow Beast is my only version I'm going to choose, personally. I'm having a hard time. Beast does succumb to his to the animal rage inside from time to time, especially when his friends are in jeopardy he does i think i might want to illustrate that as fun as having a book reading beast on the battlefield it would be it's just kind of you know very nonchalant oh i'm gonna win this game while i read you know henry david thoreau oh yeah for sure <laughs> he loves thoreau he does but i don't know man it's a combat situation i i, I might want to get that angry beast out so you've already talked about beasts okay you're, i'm going 
reading Rainbow Beast, you're going, maybe Angry Beast. Let's talk about Logan. So we have Logan without the helmet, Logan with the helmet. There's only one choice. It's with the helmet. I don't know if it's the sculpt. It just doesn't fit the suit. Maybe it's the pose. I've always said Logan with the hair and the chops fits his civilian clothes, you know, his leather jacket and jeans. Oh, that's a good point. That's what you want for the Logan without the helmet. I think when he's wearing the full suit, I think you just want the full suit, Chris. I think you want the helmet, too. It just seems like not enough, you know? If, if we're going to go helmetless Logan, give us Logan in his civilian clothes. You know, the Logan that we see in a lot of the future content, like when he's older. We might I get that. pray we get that. That's what I want, as you know. You know, now that we've gotten to Gen Con number two for this game, it's time to start making predictions for Gen Con number three. Well, here's what's exciting, Chris. Gen Con number three and four for this game stuff, they can really, truly branch out. I'm really thinking that Gen Con number three is going to be when we start seeing new versions of older characters. That's when we're going to get Black Suit Spider-Man. That's when we're going to get Iron Spider, Old Man Logan. I could be completely off base here. Just my prediction. They've already proven they'll do it with Black Widow. So I think the stage is set. Things have been teased like the Iron Spider, Chris. So do not think you're far off base. But yeah, what a time to do it. Year three kick off a lot of the more obscure stuff and also new versions of pre-existing characters that we all love. So lastly, on the sculpts, Chris, we got Scott. We've got Scott with the hair, which is the Scott we mainly know, but we also see the Scott with the full helmet. The suit goes all the way up over his head, which is a Scott we see often. The full Cyclops suit, you know? That's right. He kind of looks like the ancient Greek Cyclops, only, you know, regular size. But of course, I think we're going to differ here on this one too, because I'm going helmet on. Yes, because I don't like Cyclops, and I want him to look like a nerd. So you're saying the helmet's nerdier than just his hair out? I think so. His hair looks too all-American. It looks like a quarterback. No, we can't have that. Scott does not get that in my team. No, sir. (laughs) I think we're going to see a lot of the hair, because that's, of course, what I'm doing, Chris. And yeah, yours will break from the pack, because the full Cyclops costume does have its merits. Like you said, it it is representative of what he's named after more than the version with the hair. So this aside, we've got some same and some different with our sculpts. We don't even know necessarily yet if Magneto has a different head or if Stripe does. But all that aside, they're going for it with this X-Men stuff, Chris. You can have different head sculpts. You can just go wild. Look, man, this the X-Men are licensed to print money, and if they're going to step the game up and they're going to, to kick off the next year with a That's bang right. and really show that they're going for it and really show that they're going to improve with time, That's right. how better to do it? Well, and they're diehard fans as well, so they just wanted to do it right. They wanted to do it all out, and what a better way to show it by what they did, Chris. So, Chris, the last thing we're going to discuss on the X-Men – before we move on, because there's so many other things to talk about other than X-Men, and we're going to talk about X-Men in the future a lot, so you guys stay tuned. Please subscribe. Chris and I have so many thoughts. Chris is the X-Men expert, and I am a diehard X-Men fan. We have so many thoughts on X-Men in the future, so stay tuned with that. But the last thing we're going to talk about, Chris, with X-Men is Atomic Mass basically said, in order for X-Men to come out exactly one year after the release of the game, they would have to split it into waves. And the first wave would be exactly what we know now, these eight models, which is a lot. But in doing that, wave two of the X-Men is pushed much further out. They didn't say exactly what date, but of course it's not going to fall right after this. We're going to have other releases for some time. Then wave two of X-Men is going to come out. And the way they frame this and the way I frame it in my mind too is, I know some people would rather have a bunch of X-Men back to back to back. But they just framed it as, we pushed the first wave up 
a lot. So it could be with the anniversary of the game. And then the wave two and three of the X-Men is going to come a little bit later, but we think are going to be okay because the characters we have represented, of course, are going to represent these factions well in the game because we know how MCP works with this brilliant list building. As long as more than half your team is the particular affiliation, you got it. But that aside, we have to wait a little bit longer for some of these super other famous characters that are not in the game yet. Xavier, Nightcrawler, Gambit. There's so many that just like are big ones off the bat. Not even some of the side characters that I know you really love, Chris. Like there's some really big ones that are not represented yet because they're coming with wave two and three juggernaut. There's so many. And some people are a little upset about this and some people completely understand. Well, I'm going to be honest. It is kind of a bummer. You know, I can understand being bummed about this. This is not X-Men the miniatures game. This is MCP. Like I said, I can understand being bummed, but it's it's not something I'm actually upset about. There's so much deep, rich content from Marvel to go from. And they will. You know, you kind of just have to frame this as a blessing. Instead of getting this in year three, we got it in year two. We're getting it at the end of year one. Essentially, the end of year one, the beginning of year two. Yeah. The late fall. I imagine year three will be just ripe with mutants, but we'll see. But, you know, they set the stage with the leaders. They set the stage with a lot of the staples. And I think that's the way to do it. That's just the way to do it, Chris. Pivoting from X-Men, why we're going to have Wave 2 a little bit later and why we have so much stuff to talk about. Let's just get into it, Chris. There's so much. My head is spinning, okay, at this point. But let's just get into everything that was announced after the X-Men announcement till the end of the weekend. Starting with Frank Castle, The Punisher. We knew he was coming to the game because they had revealed before that Punisher was going to be part of the game. We did not know what his sculpt was or even necessarily some of his powers. And they told some of us that and they showed us the sculpts. What are your thoughts on this Frank Castle? I think it's a really great sculpt. The foot up, the gun kind of at the hip ready. I kind of wish that it had the you know leather duster and full sleeves on, but that's just me. This is a summer castle. He's got the guns out. And he's got the guns out. That's right. You know, he's just got to let people see those arms. I guess the other joke is he has the right to bear arms, you know, big arms. Oh my gosh. Please get me off this podcast. (laughs) Hey, Chris, they changed the normal rock or something someone stands on for his just duffel bag full of other weapons and grenades. That was a curveball I was not ready for. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's always a rock. It's a pretty cool little touch. It's such a cool little touch. It is. Punisher's going to be really fun, and we could go on and on about all these characters, and we're going to temper our our excitement. And obviously, I cannot wait, Chris, till we talk about Punisher in the future. We'll go into the Punisher show. One of my personal favorite weird, obscure comic book runs is a Punisher run. Mm, Is that so? I guess we will talk about it in the lore. We will. It'll be fun. Guys, it gets crazy. You should actually be looking forward to that episode already. I am. That's enough about the Punisher. He was the first reveal, and he kind of kicked off what no one was ready for, Chris. We were on the height high of X-Men and just processing having eight new models and three new leaders in the game. And then we got Punisher. It was relentless onward. And some of my theories in our past recent shows have been kind of revealed. We kind of have a New York theme that's starting, and we kind of go through this entire New York theme with a couple curveballs. So the next New York-themed sort of element, and Chris can speak a lot to this, was this beautiful, retro, classic-looking Taskmaster. I think this sculpt is the winner of the weekend. Explain this to me. Whoever did this paint job, oh my excellent. Goodness. Oh my goodness. The blue is so vibrant, the yellow is not overly is done. It's yeah. kind of a it's kind of a burnt yellow in yeah. a way of... But the skull 
mask looks great. The cape looks great. He's in action. The sword's behind him. His shield's out in front of him. He's running towards his target. They went super classic. It's such too. an awesome, awesome sculpt. I know a lot of people are less excited about this because this is the character they know the least. He's so obscure. Myself included. But I do know him. And this sculpt, Chris, is one of the best things I've ever seen of Taskmaster. You know, I was saying at the beginning of the show, they've done it again. I want to read all of Taskmaster, prepare for our show. I want to play this model. I want to paint this model. They've done it again. I think you might be more familiar with Taskmaster in the year ahead. I do believe he's going to play a major part in some of the new Disney Plus Marvel he is. shows. So I think that this was a great move by Atomic Mass to really go ahead and predict the success of this show and get a Taskmaster ready to go. It's ridiculous. How do you think he'll play, Chris? You being more of the Taskmaster fan. He's going to be a weapons close combat expert. Okay. I figured as much. I'm predicting three cost. Yep. For high, high damage potential. Yep. A Valkyrie of sorts. We're always attacks are in closer range, but the potential is high. Man, so exciting. So let's move on, Chris. All right, Jesse. I think that's enough about Taskmaster for the moment. We'll, of course dive deep into his interesting and perhaps weird history in the future. And I'm excited for each and every one of these characters to do it. But I think you might be a little bit more excited about this next character reveal and sculpt reveal. Of course, it's none other than Daredevil himself, the man without fear. Jesse, your thoughts. Matt Murdock, man. This sculpt is out of control, Chris. I, I can't even explain. He is somehow embodying the character not only in action, but in stance. This is something I learned watching Dallas' stream, talking about making the sculpts and making the designs. He always talked about the heroic characters had to have their chest out and have a certain stance depending on the fit the character. What a fun little tidbit. Yeah, That's and great. He, and he was talking about the villainous characters sometimes had to have nefarious poses and stuff and he said they go through 10 12 iterations to me on the character and daredevil was one of those ones they went through 10 plus iterations because they mm-hmm. said there were so many they had a flying kick they had one where wow. he was more in the you know the kung fu type stances because he's so proficient in martial arts and they ended up on this acrobatic billy Kane sort of stance on top of the church tombstone they're hitting all the notes chris they're hitting all the notes we got matt murdoch's like religious history they've got the billy whip they've got the acrobatics they've got the classic suit okay okay it's great this leads me to a question that i did not warn you about oh boy (laughs) he has not been prepped on this what paint scheme are you going with on your daredevil oh my gosh so this is something I actually haven't got to thought very much about yet because there's so many good paint schemes of Daredevil, as you can so imagine. So many. So your guy wants to say the classic. Some of those blues and grays, Chris, some of those type of costumes are really uh-huh. striking. He's got a really great one from some of the newer Daredevil runs where it is a mostly black suit with red trimming. Yeah. So like, for clean. instance, the pretty DD clean. on the chest is red yeah. and maybe some of some the, lines. like the belt will be red. Some, some other lines across the leg uh, are red, but of course I'm sure you all could have guessed that I'm going to go with daredevil yellow. I know <laughs> such an obvious choice. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm doing it. I'm very happy you're doing it. And no one's talking me out of it. Don't even try. But this model is certainly one of the winners for me of the weekend. And Matt Murdock is a favorite character of mine. Once again, he's one of those characters that the more I let him marinate, Chris, the more I read about him, the more I watched of him, the more I dove into him, the more I loved him. He's awesome, man. 
he's a Peter Parker-ish type character, but not. He's just nuanced. He's always leaning towards the light, right? But he has his struggles, you know, and he's a defender of New York. You know why he was created. Daredevil is Marvel's answer to Batman. Of course, they have taken two completely different different paths. Something you said in there about kind of Daredevil being a Spider-Man-esque character. Yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the head. He is Spider-Man for grownups. Right. He's a lawyer. He's not juggling, barely making rent. He's prepping cases and arguing before juries and also protector of Hell's Kitchen, one of the toughest neighborhoods in the Marvel Universe. Well, and very similar to Peter, he gets beat up a lot. Him and Peter Parker lose most of the time, but their intellect and their training eventually wins out because they find an opening. But it's not so much their strength or their powers. It's their heart. It's their moral compass. And you're right. They're everyday guys in their normal life. And of course, completely different. A lawyer and you know a student. Various other things as Peter gets older. The thing that centers them is they're these moral compass characters, like a Captain America. But they're these acrobatic guys who can't really win in a drawn-out fight. But with their minds and their training... They can win if they find an opening in a fight. And that's what I love about Daredevil. And I've grown to love him as I got older, Chris, and that's probably a big part of it. He's kind of an adult Spider-Man. He, his books are more gritty. Right. Oh, man. There's a lot more adult themes going on. Some prolific writers, too. Yeah. The color palettes, even. Of yes. course, some amazing classic runs, like your Frank Miller Daredevil. And, of course, Bendis and Believe did an excellent Daredevil run. When you mentioned Frank Miller, of course, Frank Miller did Batman as well at times. So the ties are all there, Chris. What a way to frame Daredevil if you don't know anything about him. He is this sort of middle ground between Spider-Man and Batman. He is this nuanced, complex character in his everyday life when he's not Daredevil as Matt Murdock. A very exciting character to bring to MCP. He's probably going to be really interesting the way he plays as well, Chris. Very interesting. I would hope so. They've hit this area out of the park Almost every time. Oh, yeah. I have nothing but faith in Atomic Mass at this point. People are just going to buy this but model. I sh- oh, my gosh. People are going to just buy this model, but yeah. I am so interested in how he's going to play. So let's talk about Daredevil's counterpart, which actually comes with him in the box, we presume now, with the information we've been given. It's, of course, Bullseye, a character we know less about just in the lore of all things, even though he makes a lot of reoccurring statements in the Daredevil universe. He's, he's like a reoccurring character. Chris, this model's great. He kind of is Daredevil's arch-villain. He kind of is, yeah. This model's great. The character is kind of an interesting guy. I think he's going to play really well. I'm f- I'm already formulating an all-sniper team oh, yeah. with him in it. Bucky and some Hawkeye going on. Yeah, just throw mm-hmm. them all in. Some yeah. Tony, yep. So he's holding his fingers out with, with the finger gun. And of course, he has the pistol behind his back. He's in the classic suit once again. He's got his utility belt, Chris. He's got his, oh, his holsters. Great. He, of course, has a rock. He's standing with his ra- leg raised on. And he's got the bullseye on his head. He, it's full classic. I was not expecting this. And the finger gun. What a great touch. Yeah. So, you know, kind of blasé. I love it. So fun. So good. Of course, we're going to talk more on these characters in the future, but so neat to see at least concrete pictures of them painted they're full sculpt right now you know what i mean chris right now which is crazy so the next sculpt on here that i got to talk about and touch on while we're in the daredevil vein is kingpin kingpin was fully revealed chris and he's looking dapper this is he's this is exactly spider-man 90s cartoon that's kingpin. right 
100%. Broad shoulders, big belly, double-breasted suit, white suit. White suit in this picture, yeah. Purple tie, purple pocket square, black shirt, the cane. And what do you know? He's not standing on a rock, Chris. He is crushing a sign. Nelson and Murdoch. So good, man. <laughs> so funny. It's amazing. It's a it's a fun sculpt. It's going to be fun to paint, honestly. He's holding the tie, too. We didn't mention that. He's straightening mm-hmm. his tie. Yeah. Incredible. Such a Very man. New York politician, you know? This is such an interesting character, Chris. I know a lot of people have freaked out with his announcement. Some of our mutual friends have freaked out. I am so intrigued about him because I think he could be full support. I think he'd be full brawler, or I think he'd be half support, half brawler. And I think that's maybe the route they're going to go, which could be so neat. Is he going to be a three threat character? Is he going to be a four threat character? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it depends on the way they take the character. I really am hoping for a more buff oriented character that maybe has one strong attack. Okay. Something like that. Cross maybe maybe he can buff himself to become a, a really good brawler as well. Who yeah. knows? That's what I'm hoping for. We'll see what we get. Chris, I mean, I've been talking about this since day one of the game. I want some sort of character that does something out of activation for other characters. We saw with Thanos with the cosmic portal. Maybe Fisk has something like this, too. He hands out power to people. He moves mm-hmm. people on the map with his activation. Something interesting where he's basically flexing his political and fiscal means to help his team move forward and work for him, you know? And he's more of the support character in that way. But if you get in a fight with him, he can fight you big time. Hey, that's all muscle, baby. (laughs) It's all muscle. So moving on from Kingpin, we of course have the She-Hulk. And I was not ready for this, Chris. What a surprise announcement, right? But what an exciting announcement. The prospect of doing her lore is going to be fun guys it's 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 very wild it's a wild it might need to have the kids not around on that one i'm not sure we'll see (laughs) we'll keep we'll do our best to keep family friendly it might just have some adult themes we will see so she hulk was a curveball for me i've never been a huge fan of her but i've always liked when she's come up in some of the lines that i read course we mentioned many times on the show in 2006 7 i was reading civil war she came up in civil war was a major player right sort of the arcs in the fights She's great. I just don't know much about her. I want to learn more about her. And this sculpt, I was not ready for how good this sculpt is. She's in her classic suit. pretty rad. She's throwing a giant piece of construction rebar. Her ponytail's moving in action. And I cannot wait to see what she's like, what team she fits on. We're presuming she fits on the Defenders team, just like we presume for Daredevil. But we just don't have Mm -hmm. any concrete evidence of this yet. So it's it's hard to say. She could easily be an Avenger as well. But I, I think Defenders might be this year's big winners good guy team for over yeah. the next year yeah but yeah what a sculpt her lore is going to be great it's awesome she's on a big base they're clearly treating her like a very important character which i love because in the comic book world comic book turbo nerds yes there's a few runs of she hulk that okay. are just classic for turbo nerds and it's really cool to see her in the game and see her get the respect that she kind of i think deserves I think she does too. And I'm really excited to see her be represented in the game. And there's been a lot of rumors too, Chris, that the MCU is going to represent her within the next year or two. Oh, I hope so. What good timing from Atomic Mass as well, because if she comes to the MCU, there's already rumors of certain actresses playing her and stuff like Alison Brie. If this happens, I mean, what a perfect timing as well, because the general public will also know about her and people will be more excited about her and she'll be in the game. So I'm, I'm excited. She's one of the lesser characters I'm excited about at this whole spread. But here's what's crazy about this whole weekend, Chris. I am excited about every character. 
there's something unique about all of them that is just really striking to me. And it means they did their job this weekend. It really means they did their job. So a sculpt that we already seen before, but we actually got an up close and personal look of it on just one of the streams, which is the stream I mentioned, Chris, about Dallas leading the sculpting team and some of the art directions and things like that. We get to see the Ghost Rider sculpt up close as in more of the box art, you know, not like in a scene, but like, you know, that little picture we always get on the back of the box. Right. Okay. So I know I'm probably a lot more excited about Ghost Rider than you, but I just think this sculpt is incredible. I just think it's ambitious. It's the full bike. It's him on the bike. The chain is in action. The bike is doing a wheelie and flames are going back off his head in the direction of the wheelie via physics. It's incredible. Look, man, I'm not kidding when I say this sculpt is making me rethink <laughs> my point of view on this character. And okay. I'm not kidding. This is 100% true. Yeah. I think this sculpt is properly communicating the essence of this character. I think it is too. In a way that Atomic Mass hasn't done before. Ooh. And it's really making me rethink things. I'm serious. I was thinking about not getting Ghost Rider. Oh, you were. And now he's a must-have. He's a must-have. Well, it's kind of like the Daredevil we were talking about. It is 100% evocative of Daredevil. He's heroic. He's standing up in the church tombstone. He's got the billy club going. You know, he's, of course, in the classic suit. The same things can be said about Ghost Rider, Chris. Everything is represented with the character of the chain, the leather jacket. He's doing a wheelie. The flames are flying off of the bike and him. He's in action. He's on a bigger base. Incredible. Like This is going to sell people on this game because someone's going to have an incredibly painted model of Ghost Rider. They're going to have it on their desk at work or something. Mm-hmm. And someone's going to say, what is that? I know that's Ghost Rider or something, but like, what is that? Oh, it's a piece for a game. You want to play with me sometime? Insane. Because it's just a beautiful sculpture. It's amazing, man. And if you can't paint very well, I think maybe pay someone to paint this one. And I kind of have a relation with Ghost Rider, Chris, that's kind of unique. I've never gotten to dive as deep into his history and story as I've wanted to. I have some in the past, but not as much as I've wanted to due to time and life. But I have always been so somehow drawn to the the character design. It's, It's like a spawn venom sort of thing. Like There's just something there in the initial creation where it's like, even if you don't know Spawn, the first time you saw his visual representation of his character, the first time you saw Venom, it kind of stuck with you. That's Ghost Rider for me. I don't think you can shake the design because it's it's there's something visceral about it. But then on top of that, you take a sculpt like this and it, it improves the comic design. Like it's in full action and motion. I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, we don't even know what he does yet. And I'm ready. I just didn't know you were such a big fan of 80s thrash metal. I never knew that about <laughs> That's you. That's so true. Oh, man. No, the sculpt is awesome. And as someone that's been getting more and more into thrash metal lately, it's really rad, dude. It's fitting. It's fitting. It's really cool. He's he's right. You could go different options with Ghost Rider 2, which we'll get into the future, but not as many. But like, do you go the blue flames? Do you go the classic fire flames? There's options. Go to green flames. Man, I think you could you could go green flames even. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's There's just, options with the character. I think that lore. one is going 100% classic for me. Okay. I might go blue. I was going to say, you could almost talk me into blue. I'm not so into Cosmic Ghost Rider. Right. But I know some people are, and you know... It's wild stuff. I'm, I'm going to try reading it, and uh, maybe I'll be into it that by that point. I always view Ghost Rider as a fun ride, pun intended. And I just think... It's time, Chris. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this lore. We're gonna read some of this cosmic. Oh, it'll stuff. be fun, man! I'm cosmic looking forward to, to learning on him. But we saw that was really exciting. So one of the other reveals we got, Chris, was a lot of people saying, "Wow, that's really incredible terrain behind Fisk and She Hulk. That construction site terrain." 
Well, that's the next train pack. We saw the Fisk NYC construction yard train pack reveal. It's cool. We've got the caterpillars. We've got the cones. We've got the barricades. The office. Oh my goodness. The office is like the standout It's really piece. cool. And mm-hmm. here's what's cool, Chris. Like you've played on my map and all this stuff. I've got just a plain parking lot. What a great place to put some of these like construction vehicles or the office. Like this is one of those things like where if you get tired of playing with your normal like cityscape, you can pick up some of the buildings and to make it more of a little construction yard, you know? And it's a nice change of pace. Very fitting for some of this Defender stuff. This Daredevil, Fisk oh, yeah. type stuff. I'm loving it, man. I'm all about it. Gonna have to build a New York City board. Oh, you have to. You have to. I cannot wait to see what happens with this. But really exciting to see the next terrain reveal. We, of course, had the core set, the NYC set. Then we had the Cosmic set, which just came out. And then we have another New York set, but nothing like we had prior. Construction yard stuff abound i can't wait and i'll even say chris this might be one of the ones you consider doubling up on because there's a lot of pieces that Ooh. work really well if you double up on you know some of the barricades things like that it just works even two of the many bulldozers oh, you know so good you wouldn't look twice at seeing two cement mixers you know no you wouldn't so chris and keeping with our chronological order of the weekend we're actually going to talk about something that didn't get a model but something we saw on the art stream we saw the card art for Luke Cage. And it's cool. It's cool. He was confirmed. And they even talked about how he was an interesting character design because they couldn't really show him bleeding or physically injured on the back, but they had to represent that he was hurt in some way. So the ripped shirt, now he's mad. You know, parts of his jeans are off, like he's running at the target. And that's just a, such an interesting conversation because they talked about lore dictates a lot of their drawings of how a character actually looks on the back when they're injured. And Luke Cage is a great example because he's a hard man to actually physically injure by normal human standards. <laughs> so for them to draw him on the back, just prove that he's injured, but not have it be like standard was really interesting. He was confirmed for us, which is great. Really cool. We we knew it was coming, but it's it's cool to know it's coming, coming. Yeah, Chris, like I've said many times off the air of the show, Drax is the playable crossbones. Right. Luke Cage might be the ultimate form. The ultimate form buffed up crossbones. He might be even a four threat. You never know. He just might be a three. That's really good. But we'll see. But he's going to be that close range brawler with that either heal or so. Oh, he's going to be a tank, a man. Tank. He's going to reduce damage. Oh incoming. my gosh. He's going to have great defensive dice. Just put him on that center objective and just watch him oh, bounce off. Man. So good. Not long after Luke Cage, Chris, we got something a little different that was not a model and was not art. It was a affiliation card for the defenders. And I'm jumping right off of this because Luke Cage is important as we talk here. This is our first look at the first version of Defenders card. I say that because I think they're going to add people to the future. But this is the first card we get, which I'm assuming comes within the month or two when Strange comes out. Let's just go through the list. The affiliation leader is Doctor Strange himself. Then, of course, we have Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Hulk, Valkyrie, Wong, Hawkeye, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Ghost Rider. What is happening here, Chris? This is a hodgepodge, incredible team. Nine this is so characters. cool. Doctor Strange is going to be a powerhouse oh, yeah. in this game. And we'll talk about him right after this. You're going to see some of these guys a lot because you're going to see Strange a lot. That's true. 
But look at how wide this list is. It's wide. Look at the potential different sets of powers, different roles in the team mm-hmm. that are filled on this list. It's incredible. I think it's amazing. I was not ready for how dynamic and wide and different this team would be. And it kind of caught me off guard, Chris, because I was like, okay, thematically, defenders are lower on my list of characters I'm interested in. We've talked about on the show various times. Strange himself is going to be uh, probably all on my list for some time. But I was thinking just defenders, like, I'm like, okay, you know, there's just not a team I latch onto as much. But in great MCP atomic mass fashion, they extended the umbrella. They Mm -hmm. spread it out more than just basic defenders or even modern defenders. They just spread it out to defenders of New York, characters that have affiliations tied to this. And, you know, that's how we got the Ghost Riders. That's how we got the Hawkeye. That's how we got the Valkyrie. Because we went back to those 60s comics like you and I mentioned on our Valkyrie episode. It's how we got Hulk. That's how we got Spider-Man. It makes so much more sense now. More than just Luke Cage's, the Iron Fists, the Wongs. We got all these characters that have participated in Defense of New York. It's great. And think how many more we're going to get. There's so many potential here. It's kind of out of control. So many, man. New York is the center of the Marvel 616 universe. It is. But this is an exciting list. We're going to talk more on the future. It's just, it's a thing, Chris. So with that said, we need to move on and talk about one of the defenders on this list, the fifth one down, which is Wong. So Chris, we're going to have a proper episode on Wong, and I'm really excited about it because I know so little about Wong. Outside of just strangest basic arcs and, of course, the MCU and all this good stuff. Wong is everything I wanted and predicted. So my predictions for Wong were that he was not going to be a fighter at all. That he's going to be a pure support character. Turns out he has a basic strike. It's range two, four dice, which we know is the worst strike in the game. A couple characters have right. that, but there's nothing lower than that. Nothing lower than range two, four dice. Bucky has range five, four dice, for crying out loud. For his strike with the assault rifle, right? But it doesn't matter because Wong has four superpowers that are all support. He's a support character. He's a healer from like a video game. He reminds me of a Rocket and Groot taken up to the next level. What do you mean? Because if you see Wong, you're going to see Doctor Strange. Sure. This is next level in in that it's not going to be the other way around. Mm. You're going to see Strange without Wong quite a bit. It's true. But- to get the f- the maximum potential out of Wong, yeah. you're going to want to pair him with Doctor Strange. So just get ready to see it. I've, I'm right there with you, Chris. But at the same time, I'm very interested to see Wong a non-Strange list. And I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to need a list with MODOK or something. He's going to be passing MODOK. Oh, power. I hope so. It's going to be out of control. Just give MODOK extra power. He brings a lot to the table. He really does. You might not think in your head, Wong fits in Cabal. Because when you attack in Cabal, you get power. But... It doesn't matter because there's some heavy hitters in Cabal, and if they have more power and they're healed by Wong, he fits in Cabal. You know what I mean? That's fair. It's just a strange character. Touching on his card real quick, Chris, he passes out power. He heals characters. As you mentioned, he can remove conditions, which is insane. And then while within range three of Doctor Strange, he gets extra defense dice as well. It's, It's a symbiotic relationship. Like you mentioned, Rocket and Groot, it's very similar to that. What's crazy, though, is Rocket and Groot is range one. These guys are range three, giving each other benefits. So that's just neat. I mean, that's thematic. They're mages of the mystic arts. Yeah, I just wasn't ready for Wong. I was excited about him, and then he was shown, and I was like, oh my goodness. Another two-threat character. We still don't have that many, and they're all so interesting. I was fixing to say, I almost 
pop harder for two threat characters than threes because they're always so interesting they always have an interesting a niche thing condition to, to their gameplay they're always so flavorful because of that instead of how big are their attacks or you know anything like that it's what's their weakness and it's kind of one of those things where they shine if you know how to use them yeah and i think wong is a great example chris of all the great two threats in the game he's going to sit by objectives contest them and then he's going to gain power, pass out power. He's going to give heals to people. He's going to be awful. Like if you don't deal with him, he's going to be a problem. He's going to just be a absolutely. Problem. If you stagger a Thor and then Wong goes or moves the stagger, that's a huge problem. Giving Thor a stagger was huge for you. You know what I mean? That was a game changing moment. And just this two threat guy goes and all he does is remove the stagger and then maybe pass out some power to Thor or someone else. That's a huge problem. And he's going to be a great character, like behind a piece of cover, holding an objective, just doing a support role. Once again, Chris, with this game, Atomic Mass, they know exactly what they're doing because Wong was one of the furthest characters from my mind thematically because I'm a thematic player. Absolutely. I'm a character that has spiritual ties to characters. You know, I love certain characters. I love playing like them, trying to be like them in the game. I had no concern for Wong other than he might buff up Strange. I'm definitely going to play Strange. But that aside, I was like, he's a really neat support character. We'll see what that's like. I read his card. I see him now. I see I could play this character and have a blast and enjoy the theme of Wong. He's a great guy. He's a great support to his team. He is a support character. And it's so neat they brought him to the game this way. And he's one of the most interesting two costs in the game right now as it stands, without a doubt. I think your enthusiasm for Wong here has really just turned my opinion around. I am now excited for it. I've got an interesting color scheme for my Wong, but I won't veil it yet because I'm trying to get all the colors just right. I gotcha. Since he's not a character I'm super tied to in the lore or anything like that, I feel I have more freedom, you know, with Mm -hmm. just observe Monk's tunics and and choose a color you like. You know what I mean? There's a lot of options you can do because he's wearing the classic Monk shoes, tunic, all the good stuff. You really can go a route that's fun to you, you know? When strange, you might feel a little bit more constrained, and that's okay. That's okay. So... That was Wong. Now we got to talk about Man of the Hour, Doctor Strange. Yeah, Chris has got some hot takes. We're going to have to restrain ourselves on this one. Oh, I certainly have to. Steven Vincent Strange. Look, man, I think he's overpowered. <laughs> I know you do. He's, I, my God. Yeah, in the hands of a good player. Let's, let's go over a little bit of this, though. He is a five threat character. Yep. We don't have just a ton of those. So his. Level of power is being very well represented here in the game. He has a range four, strength five energy attack. That's his basic strike. It's going to gain his power and also has a a built-in push. His other attack is a mystic attack, which is great because we don't have many of those. It's going to be range three, strength six, power cost four. Pretty expensive. Pretty expensive, but it better be for what it does, my <laughs> god. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition. So, Chris, when it says resolved, it means just when you roll the dice. It doesn't mean deal damage or anything. Just even if you whiff, they're getting a stagger. That's crazy. It doesn't end there. No. When you roll a crit, a wild, and a hit, all three together. Pretty tough. You trigger mystic Binding. Mystic Binding reads like this. (laughs) After this attack is resolved, instead of inflicting the stagger special condition, if the target character does not have an activated token, you may give it an activated token. You just took away an activation. 
You want it to go, Thor? You want it to go, Modok? No, I just took it away from you. You have to think differently when he's on the table and he has four threat, because you have to think, who are my viable pieces right now that if they get taken away, the round shifts? He's a control mage, Chris. He's everything I wanted with control. He doesn't do much damage, and that's okay. He doesn't have to, man. He can hand, hand out two staggered conditions a turn. That's crazy. Five and six threat are my personal favorite spots in the game because there's not many of it. So every time a five oh, or six threat comes out, keep in mind, six threat, there's only two. Thanos and Hulk. Five threat, there's only a couple. Modok, Thor, Strange. They've got to be really impactful. And those characters certainly are really impactful. Now, Thor and Modok, crazy damage, crazy throws, all this stuff. Strange, completely different. 100% because we're not anywhere near done with this thing. <laughs> so the next big thing we need to talk about is going to be his first superpower. It's Mystic Empowerment. Now, this is the Defender's Affiliation Power. Yes. Okay. We're going to read it out here. It's once per turn when an allied character declares an attack before choosing a target, it may spend one power. If it does, you may choose whether this attack type is physical energy or mystic if this attack deals damage the target character gains the hex special condition and of course the hex special condition reads like this the character does not roll additional dice for its critical results during attack defense or dodge rolls control again 100 percent control now that's the entire affiliation i think that's a very great affiliation power yeah because it's like you just choose what their weakest at you change your attack to that type so hulk for instance with his physical attacks he can turn those to mystic chris against someone who's weak against mystic and then he gives them a hex where they can't resolve criticals hulk just got better because of defenders because he is i think you just gave away a team comp didn't you i probably did but this is so neat because <laughs> I was I was really perplexed, Chris, how they were going to make Strange the leader. You and I talked about it in the lore. It makes sense. There could be a lot of people as a leader, but they chose Strange. And I was like, why did they do that? They chose Strange because he is basically being this magic leader. He's letting people change their attack well, types he, through his techniques, right? Through his magic. You know what? Something that just occurred to me and I am very into with this character okay. Is reading the top. It's Doctor Strange. It's Stephen Vincent Strange. Yes. This leaves it completely open for us to have a Sorcerer Supreme. It does. Doctor Strange. Six or seven variant. threat. Yes, please. Six or seven threat. Exactly. So let's move on now to his first activated superpower. Sure. It's Ushtor's Refuge. This character or an allied character within range two of this character removes up to three damage. This superpower can be used only once per turn. It's going to have a cost of three. Yeah. It's pretty That's neat. pretty dang good, especially when you pair that with Wong, who has something a little bit similar. Yeah, just a weaker version of this, essentially. So Wong can remove the two damage or the condition you choose. Yeah, it's neat, Chris. It's control. Once again, it's pricey. We're seeing a theme here. Mm -hmm. These things are pricey, but they're huge control things like, oh, Spider-Man's on objective with two health. Just heal him up to five. And now he's a problem because he's going to win that objective probably because he's a great defensive character on an objective. The list goes on and on and on. His next ability is reactive. It's called Hogoth's Hori Wisdom. Cost two power. When this character or an allied character within range three of this character is targeted by an attack, this character may use the superpower. Add two dice 
to the target character's defense rolls against this attack. Chris, this is the opposite of Thanos's death decree. Strange is giving people extra defense dice around him. He's being that great leader once again. He's putting portals up around their body, you know, blocking attacks. And how cool is it, given the MCU history oh, yes. that those two have? Yes. What a great way to bring the MCU in, in such a way that improves the game by giving these two huge characters, huge. massive power characters, right. kind of offsetting abilities, especially after they kind of, you know, go head to head in a way in those movies. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about his next and most famous ability. That's right. This is an innate ability. It's called Eye of Agamotto. This character may modify and re-roll skull dice results. This character may re-roll all of its attack or defense dice once per attack. It's a lot going on there. This is a double-faceted power, Chris. So the first part says, this character may modify and re-roll critical fails, skulls, dice results. This character may re-roll all of its attack or all of its defense dice once per attack. So this is essentially Star-Lord's plucky attitude, which we talked about in a very recent episode of the show, but it's for his attack or his defense. Now, the thing with this is it's a little bit risky because you have to re-roll all of it. So if you don't like it, mm-hmm. you have to make a decision to re-roll all of it, and then it could potentially be worse. But it's innate, costs nothing. So a good player is going to make the decisions at the right times. That's really what it is. And I think it's, once again, another great control tool for in the hands of a good player. Late game, you might just push it more because it's late game. It really matters. Early game, you might play a little closer to the chest. So how is this going to interact with something like a Wakanda ability? Will you now be able to re-roll skulls? given reroll powers from other abilities, other characters, other affiliations, and other cards? Yeah, yeah, of course. You can reroll skulls. So this is kind of like the Web Warriors affiliation, where if they're holding an objective or contesting an objective, they get to reroll skulls, which I'm very, very excited about, but only on defense, because they're Web Warriors, and you know it's called with great responsibility. When other people's lives are on the line, they can reroll these failures. Strange just gets to do it when he wants. So you're right. If he has a way to reroll things... He can do it. And most importantly, I think, Chris, this is kind of setting the stage for this full dice reroll thing, which is great. You know, it's uh, it's pretty nuanced, though. We're going to see how it turns out in the future. His next superpower is innate called Shield of the Seraphim. When this character rolls dice after the effect is resolved, it gains one power if it rolled at least one shield. This means, Chris, that... The really ever so frustrating when you roll attacks and you roll all shields are even good on strange. You whiffed your attack. It doesn't matter. He got himself a bunch of power. It's just a really nice little add-on that just makes him even better. He doesn't need it per se, but it is so sweet that it's there. You know who gives a strange more defensive dice? I think I have an idea. It's Wong. Anytime he's rolling more dice, Chris, he has more potential for shields, whether protecting himself from attacks, which you normally want to do, or getting power from shield. It's only going to get one power if you roll shield, though. Yeah, but still. Okay. It's just increasing your chance of getting a shield. It's kind of like we talk about on the show a lot, Chris, when we talk about how important a wild is to get. It's like, well, the more dice you have, the higher chance you have to get that one wild, you know? Absolutely. And of course... The last things to talk about, he's going to have flight, Mm -hmm. and he is a gem bearer. He can bear the soul 
and the time gems, of course you can. which open up to some seriously cool things. Two of the most interesting gems in the game, of course, the time gem being take a third action on your activation. I love that gem on Thanos. And I love the soul gem as well, Chris. Every time enemy characters use superpowers around you, you gain one power. So he's going to be more fed on power. That's so nasty for Strange. I almost feel like you might as well just count him as a six-cost character with that. You really might. He's such a power-hungry character that it might be an auto-include. It's good, Chris. And we're going to talk more on him in the future. Of course, we're going to have our super deep dive on him not too far away, guys. So stay tuned for that. This is just a taste of it. We, of course, had to do a mini version of it now because we're so excited about his character. We're so excited to play him. His model's incredible. He's not touching the ground. He's floating inside of his rings. I can't handle it, Chris. I just cannot handle it. You better handle it because we still got a couple more things to talk about here. We really do. So, Chris, let's talk about these last sculpts that were revealed. And, of course, the teaser for the future, which we'll get to in a moment. Angela was revealed. And here's what's crazy about Angela. When Angela was shown on the painting stream, before actually the full picture of her was shown on Tom Mass's page, I was freaking out because I just think she's such a neat character that I want to know more about. The very little I know about her is so interesting. I don't even know very unique. why they chose her this early because she's such a curveball. She was an Image Comics character in the Spawn universe. Then she got acquired by Marvel, kind of got retconned to be an Asgardian, and then eventually a Guardian. I, I just, so much history. We were talking about Ghost Rider earlier being kind of threading these lines between these worlds, you know, with Spawn, right? And then, of course, now we have Angela, someone who is directly in Spawn, and her sculpt is out of control. She's not even touching the ground. I really think that the reason she's coming out the sculpt. this early is because of the sculpt. <laughs> she's like Hella. It's it's that incredible. Times 10, what they did with Hella. And they said that on the sculpt stream that they got a lot more confidence in each character that went on. They said Strangers is a good example. In Corvus, their capes are the only thing tying them to the base, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of just took that to the next level. We have characters like Angela. Her tassels are the only thing keeping her attached to the ground. She's in fighting Looks pose. Looks so cool. She's an Asgardian. She's a guardian in the game. I just can't wait. I cannot wait to see what she's going to be like. If she's going to be one of these assassin-type characters, probably. I can't wait for us to get in the lore. It's just crazy. It's just so crazy. It's going to be fun, and it's going to be fun for our next and final sculpture reveal right. of the weekend. That's right. Another really interesting sculpt curveball. that's going to be so great to paint, but also, yeah, such a kind of a curveball of a character. And of course, I'm talking about Enchantress, Oof. who's coming in to round out our Asgardians, of course. But this sculpt, once again, not touching the ground. No kind of riding on flames her cape is flowing oh goodness her hair is flowing oh yeah it's just looking wonderful but through it all she's looking cool she is calm and collected (laughs) it's really good yeah it's going to be a pleasure to paint and it's going to be really cool to see people unleash Mm. on this model and and really bring it Yeah, Chris. And once again, this sets the stage for not only our show and you guys as listeners, but ourselves, Chris. Like This is setting up you and I's future reads, our rights, our researches. I'm so ready to dive super deep now on Angela and Enchantress. And I was already really intrigued by those characters in the past. This just pushed me over the edge, you know? This is exactly what we need. Part of the reason why we do this show with you guys, like not only to keep ourselves hype, but keep you hype. And and what's so crazy now, Chris, is like our show's getting to the point where as Atomic Mass goes more niche, they go more wide. We go more niche, more wide, because we're just following them. 
Right. And doing a lore deep dive on a character like Angela is so intriguing to me because we're going to dig out image comics first, you know, or we're going to dig out Isn't spawn cool? issues first. I have spawn issues right over here in my room. It's such an interesting change. They're already having the game. They're already having these more than third string characters. You know what I mean? That are coming into the game. It's so neat because they have the freedom now. They, they've gotten through the main groups, the main people. And like you said, they can go wider with other characters. They can go second version of Logan in the future. They can do all these things because they went so focused initially. You know, that core set, that first wave or two that came after the core set. It makes sense. It really does make sense. Oh, and they've got the chutzpah to bring out anything. Oh, yeah. They know what they're doing. They're fans. And you can tell they're confident right now. Oh, yeah. You can tell because they're bringing it and they won Gen Con weekend. There's no telling what they could do now, Chris. These sculpts look amazing. The mechanics they're adding into the game, we're getting into the healers. We're getting into the buffers now. It's different. Adding more and more complexity to the game. We're going to get to the point where, you know, you might have roles. You're going to need a tank. You're going to need at least one support. You're going to need one flyer. You're going to need a long range hit. You know, like we're getting to a point where this game is really starting to flourish over this last year and seeing what's coming up over the next year. I really do trust atomic mass. I do too. They have built up a lot of trust with me. They built up a lot of trust. They built up a lot of hype this weekend and they built up a lot of transparency, Chris. They were completely honest with everyone. And that's something I want to touch on right now. I have followed so many game companies for so many years that I'm huge fans of despite their flaws FFG, CMON, a lot of companies that I truly love. But what's funny about Atomic Mass, where they completely broke the mold from all these other companies, is they just said, we're just going to tell you what's coming out for the next year. And they did it with last Gen Con. They showed us every model at Gen Con in the case. They showed every model. They came all the way to Green Goblin in this cosmic terrain, basically, where it was our new branching off point. And they continue to show models throughout the year. They're just completely transparent. They're not like, oh, that might come out in third quarter. Oh, something else might come out that you're really going to like, like all these game companies do. There's no guesswork. There's no waiting on the boat from China. I'm a Star Wars Legion player. That happens a lot. Things get delayed. <laughs> a lot. There's none of that. Yeah. There's none of game companies not knowing what to do. Do we reveal the spoiler now? Do we wait because the boat's delayed? Do we do this or that? Tom Masters says, we're just laying it all out. We're being honest with you. Second wave of X-Men is coming a little later than the first wave, but you know, this is what's coming out. The defenders are all coming out. Here's their card. We'll reveal more as the year goes on. They're actual cards, but like you've seen the sculpts. You've seen the art for Luke Cage. You've seen the train packs that are coming. We know what's happening, Chris. It's great for us as content creators because we can plan our year around it, but they're also going to have a lot of surprises for us. And I just love their transparency, their hominess, their excitement. They're fans like us. They're huge lore fans like us. You know, they're huge gaming fans like us. Oh, I love it. It shows through everything they it do. It shines this entire weekend. It shined so bright. And I just got to say, so many people have reached out to me since this weekend and just said, okay, I was on the fence about MCP, but I'm all in now because the way so Atomic exciting. Mass handled the weekend, the way they were so positive, so transparent, how open they were with all the releases how much they revealed, how much they talked about game design, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm in. That's what people are telling me. What a better thing to hear, you know, as a content creator for this game and someone who has this game's community to grow and grow and grow. Well, Jesse, there's one last thing we have to touch on. A little bit of a teaser, and it's going to be a teaser for us. It was very exciting. It was. So at the end of that wonderful X-Men hype video, 
and like I said, this added to that feel I was talking about right. earlier in the episode. That kind of E3 video game, you know, kind Good of point. feel hype moment was at the end of this video, the screen went black and we saw the red circular symbol for who? <laughs> None other than Deadpool himself. That's right. One of the biggest stars in the Marvel canon at the moment. Print that money. Exactly. It's a license to print money. Of course it is. Deadpool is a super interesting character. He's super powerful. He's super unique. He's super funny. But all that aside, Chris, I'm just going to think about him mechanically in MCP. He's probably a rogue agent. He's probably got all these super interesting effects. They're going to be super fun to play in the game. He's probably really mobile. People are going to want that just mechanically. Forget the theme of the character. Forget the lore. Forget the love of the character. Like He's going to fit in a lot of lists. He's going to be a force. He's going to be good. You don't make a character that is going to be – legitimately, Deadpool is so popular. He might be a jumping off point for people to get into this game. Oh, yeah. They might want to pick up that model and build it and paint it and then say, oh, well, I've got this. Might as well get more. So you better make that character good. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. No, you're right. Purely business decision. You better make that character top of the meta. This character is probably going to be one of their best-selling models. Period. Instantly. Yeah. Without a doubt. He's just going to be so good. We've already seen what they can do with Daredevil, who's like arguably a simpler character when it comes to arsenal and poses Mm -hmm. and, and moves. Just imagine what they're going to do with Deadpool, who's a very similar character with his like acrobatics, but completely different with his arsenal and his weapons and his katanas and his pistols, and the list goes on and on and on. So there's no telling, Chris. They might do Deadpool like halfway sideways with a bullet coming out of his gun. You know what I mean? They might just go all you out. You never know, man. I could really see them pulling no punches with the sculpt. I could see you having a choice in katanas yes. or guns. Or a mix of both. Exactly, yeah. But Chris... That's beside the point. The point is they drop so much information. They drop so much hype. They drop so much excitement and love for the Marvel and this game. And they just dropped one more little spoiler there at the front. And they didn't acknowledge it the rest of the weekend. What's funny is Will Schick wore his Deadpool shirt a couple of the streams too. And just to just keep that mm-hmm. keep that thought alive. Keep that fire burning. And I'm sure Deadpool's coming around the time of Wave 2 of X-Men. And he's going to be a force in the game. He's going to be so fun. He's going to fit in so many lists. I can imagine him in Cabal, Avengers various X-Men teams, web warriors where he gets defensive roles. He's going to have so many places, I think, where he fits. And like you said, Chris, he's probably going to be a jumping off point, which is going to be so neat. But we don't know anything else about him right now. We'll touch on him in the future when we know more. But all we can do now is just be excited and obviously prep for his lore episode. There's a lot. There's a lot of Deadpool stuff, too. It'll be interesting for sure. But what a great weekend. It was an absolute blast. It was a blast hanging out so much in the Discord. I want to thank everybody in there that was keeping the hype train going and and talking with us. It was awesome. Really great weekend, and I am just so excited for the future of this game. Oh, Chris, you couldn't have said it better. I didn't think I could love this game more and want to do better with our show and, and put more time into the lore and the playing and the strategy, and they did it. You know, they got us more into the game, and I thought we were at a certain level, you know? Of course, they're getting new people in the game, which is the most important thing. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Please do not forget about the Patreon giveaway for August. It's going to be the Gamora and Nebula pack. So now's the time. Just become a patron before the deadline. You're good. You'll be entered. Whoever wins will get it sent pretty, pretty quick. 
As long as you're a patron for September 1st, you're part of the Gamora Nebula giveaway. And of course, we will have another giveaway following. Catch our streams of Marvel Christ Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. So not to drag on, but Chris and I have some plans for the stream. Since we can't play in person as of right now, we're looking into TTS options. And we have not only learned TTS, but I have a lot of games on my belt now, Chris, of TTS. And we want to not only take our TTS to streaming on Twitch, so please follow us there, but of course in some sort of community fashion, especially for our patrons in the future. So follow us, of course, on all social media and follow us on Twitch to get more information about when we stream the TTS games of Marvel Crisis Protocol. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram and Facebook at Fury's Finest, and email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone that's been leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts and also your podcast app of choice. We greatly appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you haven't done that yet, you can just take a couple seconds of your time, type in our show, go into the review section of the page, give us five stars. And if you feel like writing a review, we appreciate it even more. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And please remember, guys, Jesse was just talking about it, but please help spread the word about our show. Rate, review, subscribe. It's so important. It helps us so much. You know, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, if you can't support the show financially, any sort of review on a podcast app or a like on social media or a share on social media go a long way getting the show to more people, getting more people into this wonderful game. You can follow me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Check out my new podcast, Project Starhawk, which is all about Star Wars Squadrons, which Chris and I are very hyped to play. It's coming very soon, Chris. Early fall. It's going to be a blast. And we are doing weekly content to get people not only ready for the game and hyped on it, but we're going to be covering the game weekly as it comes out. And you know, video games are living organisms, Chris. There's so much going on, and I cannot wait to just talk about it in a short show format weekly. Hey, man, I'll be in your squadron, bud. I'm excited. Can't wait for that interceptor play. <laughs> we'll see. We'll Check see. Check out my other Star Wars show, The Canon Cantina, about everything Star Wars, canon, legends, lore, and more. You can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at Chris Breffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. That's it this week, guys. We hope you enjoyed this break from typical form. It was really exciting to recant the entire weekend with you guys, give our impressions and also our excitement. We hope if anything was infectious to you or if something you missed that we touched on, but let us know what you thought about Gen Con Weekend. What was your favorite moment? Reach out to us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and just let us know what struck a chord with you. I'd love to hear it. Please, I implore you, please tweet at me. And Chris, since the clock has been stopped for X-Men, we of course need to set a new clock. And the clock I'm setting for my personal self, it's going to come as no surprise to you, is the rest of all the spider foes, namely Carnage and Mysterio, because I just got to see a picture. I don't need them right away. Just give me something. Give me a taste. I'm kind of with you. I want Rhino. Yeah, Rhino too, of course. And Scorpion. Oh, Scorpion and Lizard my as well. My goodness. How cool. How cool would that but, be? Like, we know for sure Carnage and Mysterio are on the card, and we knew Fisk Kingpin was on the card. We saw him. I just need to see the last two. Just just a peek. Give me an out-of-focus photo. That's fine. You know? <laughs> I'll take it. What an episode. I'll take it at this point, Chris. I will take it. Thank you so much, guys, for bearing with us and, and letting us wander. Oh, it's wonderful. This has been wonderful. this has been super fun. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. 